Good morning. Ready for takeoff. A federal judge overturns the CDC's mask mandate for travel. As masks come off on planes, trains, airports. Oh man, it was like Christmas. And just this morning, Uber following suit. Straight ahead, how to stay safe with COVID cases on the rise again. Snow more. The cold returns up to a foot of snow in some parts of the Northeast. Heavy rain and damaging winds causing power outages and travel troubles. The winter storm that has millions asking, has spring really sprung? And where it's headed next. New phase. Ukraine's President Zelensky says Russia has launched its stepped-up offensive in the east, calling it a new chapter in the war. As much of the country, including some areas considered safe havens, under heavy fire again, where they are live. New details. Authorities reveal more about the shocking amusement park death of a teenager who slipped out of his harness on a ride in Orlando. What investigators are now saying about safety adjustments made to his seat right before his death. Sea change, the growing phenomenon of eco-tourists who want not just to see the sites, but to protect them. I'm hoping they put me to work. We'll do a deep dive on a new wave of sustainable travel. Those stories plus on the road again. More than 28,000 athletes flooding Boston streets as the marathon returns to its springtime start. And the touching story of one runner who lost his brother in the bombing nearly a decade ago, finishing Boston strong in his honor today, Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. It is nice to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. Hoda's on assignment. Tell you a bit more about that in a minute. So Craig joined us a bit early. Morning. It's like winter will never end. It's I, an unending winter. I know. We just scowled when we looked at the forecast this morning. It's cold. It's rainy. It's an April morning here in New York. Where's spring? Well, in other parts of the country, it also feels a lot like winter. Here's a live shot of Syracuse. It's expecting up to seven inches of snow. Dylan is the messenger today. She's got the latest on the storm just ahead. Meanwhile, in Ukraine, Russia continued its assault on the Donbass region, part of a, a new offensive focused on the eastern part of the country. A live report from Ukraine coming up. But we began with that major mask update of federal judge halting the CDC's mask mandate for planes, trains, buses, and other forms of public transportation. And just overnight, Uber announcing it is dropping its mandate as well, updating its policy to say, as of April 19th, 2022, riders and drivers are not required to wear masks when using Uber. All of this coming as some parts of the country are seeing a rise in COVID cases. So we'll talk about all that and more with Dr. Richard Besser in just a moment. But let's start with Tom Costello at Reagan National this morning. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Savannah, good morning. We are seeing faces here in the airport now that the CDC has officially dropped the mask mandate. TSA has done the same thing, of course. The, T the CDC still recommending that you wear a mask if you're traveling for your own protection. And the airlines are pretty much leaving it up to individual passengers. If you want to mask up, that's fine. If you don't want to, you can drop the mask that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Finally! Uh, 
This morning, many travelers are breathing a deep sigh of relief without the mask. Masks will be optional this evening for all crew and passengers as well. The nation's largest airlines all dropped their mask requirements just hours after a federal judge ruled the CDC had overstepped its legal authority. A Trump-appointed district court judge writing, Our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully even in pursuit of desirable ends. NBC's Miguel Almaguer talking to travelers on one of the first flights after masks became optional. My kids looked at me and I looked and I smiled and I was like, oh, thank you. We can breathe again. So happy. <laughs> We're both vaccinated, so you know what? Mask done. The ruling comes just days after the CDC announced it was once again going to extend the public transportation mask mandate, this time until May 3rd. Following the judge's decision, the TSA announced it would rescind new security directives set to take effect today. And this morning, you may be able to drop the mask on the way to the airport, too. Uber announcing passengers and drivers are no longer required to mask up while using the ride-sharing service. In the skies, for some airline employees who've been forced to police mask-wearing, relief. Oh, man, it was like Christmas. It was absolutely stressful because there's people on one side that don't want to wear the mask, and then you have the other extreme where the moment somebody takes their mask off to eat or drink, somebody's hitting that call button. It comes as air travel continues to rebound back to pre-pandemic levels, averaging more than 2 million people every day over the past holiday weekend. The head of the flight attendants union says even though masks are now optional, there may be an adjustment period. Understand that from one flight to the next, you might even be given different instructions. Practice a little patience with each other, respect for each other. We can get through this change just like all the others. This morning, new hope, the skies will become friendlier for everyone. It will no longer be such an us versus them situation. Yeah, we should make the point. A lot of families may not be comfortable flying without the mask, especially if you've got somebody who's immunocompromised, if you've got young children. That's fine. You can wear the mask, but it is no longer required. Importantly now, various metro systems, subway systems nationwide have different messages. Here in D.C., the mask mandate is dropped. In New York, it's still in effect. So it really varies from city to city uh, across the entire country. Savannah? Yeah, bring your mask with you just in case. Uh, it's changing pretty rapidly. Joining us now, thank you, Tom. Is Dr. Richard Besser, former acting director of the CDC, now president and CEO of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Hi, Dr. Besser. Good morning. Good morning. Well, that was fast. Almost as soon as this ruling comes down, so many of the airlines that had been pushing for the mask mandate to expire lifted their requirements. Let's set aside for the moment whether or not you agree with the legal ruling. Is it safe to do so? Do you have any safety public health concerns right now about these masks coming down? You know, Savannah, we, we all want to get back to our lives as we knew them before the pandemic. And, you know, the, the good news is across the country, we're seeing easing of a lot of restrictions as the risk to people goes down. You know, I, I had hoped that the, the transit requirement for masks would be one of the last things that, that went away. And the reason for that is that there are a lot of people who don't have a choice when it comes to travel. And there are people who have disabilities, who have medical conditions that put them at greater risk, who are in situations where they are shoulder to shoulder with fellow passengers on a bus, on a train, in a subway. 
And if the people around them are, are not wearing masks, uh, they yes, people can wear their own masks, but there's some added protection when you're that close for a long period of time if those people around you also have a mask. So yeah. I, I would hope that people would respect those around them. And if there are people around you who are wearing masks, that you put yours on. It's not a big thing to do. We mentioned that some of the public transport agencies around, transit agencies around the country have differing rules. Is there a qualitative or public health difference in your mind between the safety of airline travel, airport travel versus a subway or a metro? I, I think there is. You know, it, it, it's it's a bit counterintuitive, but but actually the airflow in airplanes is is much better than you'll see in other transit situations. Uh, you know, the, on an airplane, the greatest risk is from those people right next to you, or maybe the row in front or the row right behind you. Uh, on a subway in in New York, I ride the subway a lot. You're often in a car with people very very close to you without that same kind of airflow. Uh, when you're when you're on a bus, a similar situation. And, and when you think about the people who work in those situations, they don't have a choice. So, you know, it, we, we are getting to a point in this pandemic where, where our lives are getting back towards normal. But I would encourage people to follow their public health recommendations, even if they're not required to by, by law. Um, you know, but my biggest concern, Savannah, is that, you know, it, if the CDC loses its, its power to prevent the spread of infectious diseases between states or coming into the country, we are all at great risk. So I, I hope that this ruling is challenged because in the next pandemic, the next big public health crisis, we want the CDC to be able to put in scientifically based, rational restrictions that protect people's health. All right, Dr. Richard Besser, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Meanwhile, this morning, a spring storm is making it feel more like winter for millions of Americans. That storm pummeling, pummeling parts of the Northeast with cold weather and heavy snow. In just a few moments, we'll get Dylan's full forecast. But first, first we go to NBC's Kathy Park, who's been standing in a snowy Syracuse, New York, for a while now. Kathy, looks like it's coming down, coming down pretty heavy there. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. What is wrong with this picture? The calendar says mid-April, but it looks and feels a whole lot like January. Overnight, the temperature took a very big dip, so the cold rain quickly switched over to heavy, wet snow. And this morning, it's starting to stick to some surfaces here in Syracuse. Meanwhile, in other parts of upstate New York, well, they could be looking at a foot of snow when this is all over. This morning, winter roaring back with a rare spring snowstorm blowing through the Ohio Valley and Northeast, catching many people off guard. I was surprised, shocked. Overnight, with temperatures falling, the rain switched over to heavy, wet snow, at times coming down hard and piling up. Damaging winds also leading to scattered power outages. You know, there's so many signs that things are really crazy in the world. I mean, I just consider this one more. The blast of winter weather slammed parts of Pennsylvania and Ohio, creating a slushy mess for drivers, while air travelers looked on at a snowy scene in Detroit, waiting to take off. <laughs> this is the last day of my spring break, and I was like, oh, all right, what a way to end. More than 5 million people are under winter storm warnings and advisories, with the heaviest snow totals expected in upstate New York. The Adirondacks could get buried in up to a foot of snow. A late season snowstorm, putting the brakes on spring, but not on spring blooms. 
Meanwhile, this snowstorm is causing some problems this morning. Tens of thousands of customers throughout the state of New York are without power. Now, if you are over all of this winter weather, not to worry, this snowstorm is, start to, is starting to taper off uh, later on this afternoon. And I can tell you some good news here in Syracuse. It's set to be in the 70s on Sunday. So back to spring. Oh, Thank right goodness. Back to you. Yeah, we're all over it, Kathy. You get inside. Thank you. Thank good you. For her. She's still smiling. <laughs> I love did. that. Uh, let's find out where this storm is headed. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, guys. Yes, yeah, spring, you kind of have those ups and downs, a random snowstorm, then temperatures back in the 70s, but today it is all about the snow. Areas just west of Scranton picked up over a foot of snow. Uh, up near Binghamton, New York, we have a foot of snow on the ground. So we do still have winter storm warnings. These will last through this evening across upstate New York, and the snow is still heavy. It's still falling in Scranton. Albany is right on that rain snow line, but you go further to the north and to the west, that's where it is all snow at this point. And the heavy rain that we saw, say, in New York City, where we had about two inches of rain in Central Park, that's almost over. The storm will continue to lift off to the north. Lake effect snow could still be an issue for uh, areas off of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. And then winds will become a concern. As we go into uh, this afternoon, we're looking at those wind advisories in effect for uh, parts of New England, also back through uh, areas like Binghamton and into north central Pennsylvania where winds could gust up to uh, 30 to 40 miles per hour especially along the coast eastern Long Island could see gusts closer to about 40 miles per hour Nantucket could see wind gusts up to about 43 miles per hour so it is going to be very cold and very bitter on the backside of this storm system with an additional snowfall uh, amounts up to about four to six inches especially across upstate New York but then it's over and the weekend's a whole lot better guys. <laughs> oh good I right. love it when you end on a high note yeah I try Dylan thank you we'll check back for the rest your forecast coming up. We turn now to the latest in the war in Ukraine, where Russian forces started a new offensive overnight in the eastern part of that country. This morning, Ukrainian President Zelensky doubling down on his vow not to surrender without a fight. NBC's Matt Bradley is there on the ground once again for us with the very latest. Matt, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. Guys, uh, well, we've heard from the Ukrainians that this assault in the eastern part of the country has already begun, and U.S. intelligence agencies are saying that they've seen 11 of Russia's so-called battalion tactical groups already move into that eastern Donbass region. Today, a violent new chapter for Ukraine. After President Zelensky said late last night Russia's new assault against eastern Ukraine had begun. The Russian military began the fight for Donbass, for which they were preparing for a long time, he said. Russia may hope to find the eastern region, where separatists have been fighting for years, easier to overpower. But Zelensky saying we will not give away anything Ukrainian. The announcement following a day of missile strikes across the country, including the western city of Lviv, once thought of as a refuge yesterday, took its first fatalities. Ukrainian officials said seven were killed and many more injured, at least one child among the wounded. Russia's ground troops retreated from western Ukraine weeks ago, and Russia has long said it would shift its focus to the east, like the eastern city of Mariupol, which is making its final stand. Thousands of Ukrainian soldiers still hold up in a steel mill, defying Russian warnings to surrender or be killed. The city's remaining 100,000 residents have withstood a two-month-long siege, trapping hundreds of thousands of civilians. Andrei Merozov fled Mariupol last month and says Russian soldiers threatened to execute him because of pro-Ukrainian messages on his phone. He said he had to escape on foot. 
walking for three days and sleeping rough in sub-zero temperatures. Do you think that the Ukrainians will eventually retake Mariupol? I do believe that sooner or later uh, uh, Mariupol will be liberated. But sooner or later, we do believe that it, it, will, it will be ours. An optimism that explains why Mariupol has become a symbol of Ukrainian resistance. So, guys, despite the favorable terrain and the genuine pro-Russian sympathy in the eastern part of the country, the military analysts that I've been hearing from have said there's no real reason to believe that the Russians are going to do any better in that Donbass region than they did around here in Kyiv. And that's because the Russian military still suffers from really low morale and poor organization. Craig? Matt Bradley Force, they're on the ground in Ukraine. Matt, thank you. Well, more than 28,000 athletes hit the streets of Eastern Mass yesterday as the Boston Marathon returned to its traditional Patriots Day schedule for the first time since the pandemic. Evans Chebet of Kenya won the men's division and reigning Olympic champion Perez Jepchirchir pulled away in the final block to take first in the women's division. Also among the finishers, 20-year-old Henry Richard running the marathon for the first time. He's the brother of Martin Richard, who remember the eight-year-old boy who was killed during the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013. Richard says he ran the race for his brother, for himself, and his whole family. I know if he was here, either this year or the next coming years, he would have been doing it with me. So I just, uh -huh. that's all I can think about. And that's... Richard was part of a team of runners representing the Martin Richard Foundation, which promotes inclusion, kindness, and peace in Martin's legacy. Kudos Following in his him. footsteps, Kudos for sure. Yeah. All right, Dylan, you've got a full forecast. I see the whole map out there. Yes, and we will lose this storm system that's uh, bringing that significant snow, especially through upstate New York and into Pennsylvania right now. The heaviest rain along the uh, mid-Atlantic, that's about gone. Temperatures are a little bit below average down across the southeast despite the sunshine. Morning, uh, very low morning, uh, cold morning temperatures back through the Midwest with uh, even below freezing in some spots. So that's making uh, for that freeze risk this morning. Although on the flip side of that, we have very warm temperatures in the southwest but it comes with some wind, and the warm, dry wind could uh, help spread any fires that do develop out in that region. Also in the Pacific Northwest, we have rain along the coast and some snow in the higher elevations. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you very much. Coming up, new details on the death of that teenager who slipped out of his seat on a free fall ride at an Orlando amusement park, including news about how some safety adjustments were made to the ride, ride right before his death. And then one of one of the most popular vacation activities in America is going green. How cruise lines are riding that ecotourism wave, offering new options with an Earth-friendly spin. But first, this is today on NBC. Back now at 7:30 on a Tuesday morning, April 19, 2022, with Tom Yamas joining the table. And some very big news to announce this morning as well. We mentioned earlier that Hoda is on assignment. Well, we can now share with you that assignment. There it is. She just sat down for an exclusive interview in the Netherlands with Prince Harry. They talked about the Invictus Games as well as his surprise visit with the Queen. They talked about life with his wife, Meghan Markle, and the two kids they have back here in the States. 
just happened, happening as we speak. You can catch a preview of that exclusive interview tonight on NBC Nightly News, and of course, much more tomorrow, right here across all four hours of today. Yeah, Hoda's been working hard, real busy, but she's out there in the Netherlands, so we're looking forward to that interview. It's going to be a good one. A lot to ask. Lots to chat lot about, to yeah. About. Hoda and Harry tomorrow, right here on today, but right now, let's get a check of your 7.30 headlines on this Tuesday. The U.S. Postal Service says deliveries may take a little longer than normal over the next few weeks. The agency plans to slow delivery times for nearly a third of all first-class packages. It's part of an effort to lower costs and reduce its reliance on air transportation. The changes will go into effect on May 1st. It will add one or two days for packages that are traveling long distances, but most delivery times will be unaffected. Kimberly Guilfoyle, the fiance of Donald Trump's eldest son, met for more than nine hours yesterday with the House Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. That session comes more than a month after she abruptly ended a voluntary interview with lawmakers. Guilfoyle was at the White House on the day of the riot and spoke at the rally that preceded it. All right, we have an important recall to tell you about this morning. GE's recalling six models of French door refrigerators because the handles may detach, posing a fall risk. The company has already received 37 reports of injuries. The refrigerators were sold nationwide at stores including Best Buy, Home Depot, and Lowe's. For more information, go to our website today.com. Got some new developments to tell you about this morning in the tragic death of a teenager last month on an amusement park ride in Florida. NBC senior national correspondent Kerry Sanders has been following this one. He's got the very latest for us. Kerry, good morning. Well, good morning. 14-year-old Tyree Sampson died after plunging 430 feet at 75 miles an hour on a thrill ride at Orlando's Icon Park. This morning, in a preliminary report, state investigators are revealing that safety equipment on there had been adjusted before the teenager took the ride. We should warn you, some of the images in this report are difficult to watch. All of us remember. Officials in Florida revealing stunning new details about the Orlando amusement park accident that took the life of 14-year-old Tyree Sampson. You're on, how you going? <laughs> 430 feet. That's great. Sampson was riding the free fall ride at Icon Park last month before slipping out of his seat and plunging to his death when it came hurtling down. According to an outside engineering firm hired by the state, the ride's operator allegedly changed sensors on two seats, including Samson's, leaving the teenager not properly secured. The operator of the Orlando drop tower made manual adjustments to the ride, resulting in it being unsafe. The report says the change to the sensor on Samson's seat allowed his safety harness to open to almost double its normal range from three inches to almost seven. These misadjustments allowed the ride to operate even though Mr. Sampson was not properly secured in the seat. During slowing of the ride, the report concludes Tyree Sampson slipped through the gap between the seat and harness. In a statement, Icon Park says it's deeply troubled by the report. The Slingshot Group, which owns and operates the freefall ride, tells NBC News all protocols, procedures, and safety measures provided to us by the manufacturer of the ride were followed. Samson's family says he weighed nearly 360 pounds and that he was turned away from other rides at the park because of concerns about his size. You represent the family in civil, in the civil arena. Is there a criminal component to this, do you believe? 
When you start talking about intentional conduct and you start manipulating seats for profit, I think that you start getting into some intentional conduct that the state attorney's office should possibly look at. It's just terrible on so many levels, Carrie. This, this report that you reference in your story reveals a lot of new information, but officials are also signaling it's just the beginning of a wider investigation. Is that right? That's correct, Craig. They say that this is a preliminary report and they are far from done. There may have been other adjustments made to the ride that may have contributed to this young boy's death. One state representative who has reviewed the situation says that it appears that to him, these adjustments were made simply to allow larger riders on the ride. Guys, Carrie Sanders for us there in Florida. Carrie, thank you. All right. Well, coming up next, imagine taking in this view while actually helping the planet too. How the cruise industry is making some waves this morning for vacation or seeking eco-friendly adventures. Right after this. We are back with today climate and this morning we're looking at an increasingly popular travel trend. These days a growing number of Americans want more than rest and relaxation. Yeah, they're looking for vacations that are eco-friendly as well. NBC's Jesse Kirsch is here now with more on that. Hey, Jesse, good morning. Good morning, guys. We've all got our thing when it comes to be time for vacation, right? Well, a new survey suggests no matter what you find relaxing, you're probably trying to help, help planet Earth along the way. And that includes people on a new kind of cruise. We got an up-close look right here in New York, and there's no big, giant outdoor water slide. I did take a look for that. No water slide, but still plenty of fun. Aboard the new Viking Octantis, you'll find creature comforts like a spa and plenty to eat. But there's no casino or acrobatics on this cruise ship. The big draw here, a microscope. We're gathering evidence to protect the planet. Viking science and sustainability chief tells me his team's tackling that lofty challenge with all of this. A fleet which he says includes military-grade boats, cameras, water sampling, and more. They've even got not one, but two submarines. And on voyages to places like Antarctica and the Great Lakes, nearly 400 guests can do much more than look on in amazement. They can dive in. Those that would like to see how and get involved with how marine research is undertaken can work alongside those that need the platform to do that. So far, Viking's massive investment appears to be paying off. I'm hoping they put me to work. Cruisers like the Lincolns hoping their hands-on fun can also highlight the threat of climate change. we got to wake up and, and straighten out ourselves so that we don't flood ourselves out of existence. They're not alone. A new Expedia survey shared exclusively with Today finds 90% of consumers are looking for sustainability in travel. Sustainability is more than a trend for travelers these days. They're willing to pay more for hotels, accommodations, any sort of travel that's doing it authentically. And businesses are responding. Rental car companies like Hertz are betting big on electric vehicles. And some hotels have honeybees staying in a suite of their own. They're looking for experiences that not only enrich themselves, but are doing no harm to the planet. And Viking says its customers are funding potentially planet-saving research. Their money ensuring scientists from partner institutions don't pay a dime beyond their own time, equipment, and brain power while still getting access to all of this. The instruments that I'm going to be putting on this ship will be measuring climate change and then ocean acidification. Among those partners, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Having a ship that goes daily, weekly, 
yearly to the same spot over and over again is very unique. And that's where this collaboration is, is really strong. Looks pretty cool, right? Well, going on a trip like that doesn't necessarily come cheap. And Expedia's new survey found a lot of people are thinking about cost when it comes to finding sustainable destinations. Expedia's advice, take extra time to plan that next trip if you want to look for ways to also help the planet. So my takeaway, guys, uh, just daydream about vacation every day of the week. Okay. Yeah. Jesse, thank you so much. Let's Good get a check in, in the person, weather. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Good to be here. Welcome. welcome. All right. Dylan, what, we got vacation weather anywhere? We do. By the time we get to the weekend, it's going to be a whole different story. In the meantime, though, we do have uh, still those really cold temperatures. I mean, freeze warnings and frost advisories back through the Midwest, Kansas City, Springfield, Missouri, St. Louis, Paducah. Also seeing those frost advisories this morning. This extends into the uh, Appalachians as well. So temperatures running about 15 to 25 degrees below average. Milwaukee only 46 degrees today. Cincinnati 50. Buffalo 39. Scranton 43 with the snow falling this morning. Tomorrow's not that much better. We're still looking at temperatures about 10 degrees below average. Buffalo still in the 50s. Same goes for Detroit and Chicago. Green Bay only in the 40s. New York 59. So that'll start to feel better. But look what's on its way. We're going to get back into the 80s in Charlotte by Friday, 82, 83 on Saturday. Philly gets up to 73 on Friday. The sunshine returns. The warm air, warmer air is still waiting in the wings. St. Louis will be in the 80s by Friday and Saturday. So it's all headed into the Northeast and the East Coast, too. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Still ahead this morning, password protected. How Netflix is cracking down on people who share their accounts. No. Oh, boy, it's a common practice, but it costs the company billions. And it comes as prices hikes have some unhappy customers reconsidering their subscriptions. We'll be right back with that. Stay with us. Guys, we're back. We've got some big news in the binge watching business. Have you ever shared your Netflix password with a friend? No, me neither. But anyway, <laughs> Netflix will reveal its first quarter earnings later today. And with so many other people sharing their accounts, financial analysts predicts it will not be good news for the streaming giant. Yeah, NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer explains what it all means. Joe, you are a streaming expert. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Netflix has been spending tons of money on original programs and movies as they compete with other streaming services for dwindling subscribers. While the short-term financial expectations may fall short, it's unclear what the long-term impact will be for the streaming king. It's home to some of the biggest hits in streaming, including the wildly popular second season of Bridgerton. While Netflix continues to dominate with shows like Inventing Anna, the streaming giant has said it expected to add 2.5 million subscribers during the first quarter of 2022, far below the nearly 4 million it added this time last year. This quarter is going to be very telling for Netflix because it usually tells a broader story of how the landscape is looking for a lot of the other streamers as well. With more streaming services saturating the market, competition to attract new subscribers is fierce. At the height of the pandemic, when people were stuck at home, the demand for new programs to binge watch was a huge boom for Netflix. But as COVID numbers decline, people are going out again and finding other ways to chill. As a result, Netflix subscriptions have slowed. Password sharing, which the company encouraged in a 2017 tweet, is now cutting into its bottom line to the tune of $6 billion a year. And they're cracking down, making it harder for friends and family to share. 
Netflix has also been increasing prices. The fifth rate hike in seven years is currently being rolled out. The service's basic monthly plan now costs $9.99, up from $8.99. Its standard plan goes from $13.99 to $15.49. And for those sharing passwords, it'll cost you an extra two bucks for the premium plan, now $19.99. And it's not just Netflix. Other streamers plan to reach further into your pockets, too. Amazon Prime subscription has increased $2, $12.99 to $14.99, matching the cost of the monthly ad-free subscription to HBO Max. But in the end, Netflix is betting that its popular programs will keep consumers tuning in. I think Netflix is still a streaming platform that a lot of consumers love and use on a really regular basis. I don't really predict that Netflix is going to be a service that consumers cut. And with a bunch of new episodes of Netflix favorites like Ozark and Stranger Things coming soon, it's a pretty safe bet that Netflix is not going anywhere anytime soon. Back to you guys. All right, Joe, thanks for that. Nobody here shares those passwords, mm, right? Come no, on. No, well, in my in our family, like, yeah. yes, thank you, mom. Yeah, well, they set up a little profile. Oh, okay, so we're extending now. Okay. Well, my, my mom has invited me to her Netflix account. Okay, but okay. you're not 12. You don't live at home anymore. <laughs> mom pays your cell phone bill, too. Huh? Yeah. No, no. Coming up on Popstar, turns out you can't come get her. home again. Drew Barrymore reuniting with her on-screen mom from E.T. Oh.